Welcome to episode 308 of After the Credits. I am your co-host, Marina Antunes, joined today by fellow co-hosts. Bill Harris. Steve Stebbing. And Melissa McDowell. I think there should be like, I should maybe have like some music to play after that. I don't know. (laughs) That might actually be our best one yet. Yeah. You just just need two, two more people and then it'll be like a full house. I just I just watched wrestling, so I'm full of promo quality <laughs> stuff right now. That was pretty great. That was pretty great. <laughs> so, guys, have you been keeping? Have you been watching a lot of things? Um, I kind of took uh, a few days off. I had companies, so I kind of took a few days off and then tried to get into gear again because I like took the week off of radio as well. So. It's nice to give yourself a little break because then I feel you can come back to it a little fresher and maybe not as jaded. <laughs> um, because we, I mean, we all get jaded. Once we see a lot of stuff, we all get jaded. Like I think, um, and I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I think uh, like IndieWire's David Ehrlich, I think that guy's jaded now. Yeah. I, I, I mean... He is very, very harsh. He hardly gives any high marks to anything. And I just think maybe he's a maybe a little burnt. I'm just saying because he's like mean. I mean, there is um, his Haunted Mansion review was almost an entire rant about Jared Leto. And those of us who have seen the movie, how much is Jared Leto in this movie? Like face wise? not to be fair he goes to like every film festival during the year mm-hmm. and i go to like two yeah and i'm screwed up after it like if yeah he, he goes to con he goes to new york he goes to telluride he goes to tiff well for sure like, for holy sure shit, that's and a he's got a he's, he's got a young child and there's a lot going on but i just think at some point because i felt the fatigue myself especially when I was on the coast and I was going to press screenings like all the time or when I was doing press screenings and then doing VIF as well. And maybe I was like harsh on, on the Inferno movie with Tom Hanks. No, I'm not, wasn't harsh on that. That one deserved all of it, <laughs> but like maybe some, some of the edge is just from kind of being exhausted. So what you're saying is you want to re-rate the flash. <laughs> no, we're not going, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Zing. I actually I showed I showed my uh, uh my my friend that came visiting because he was like what is about this flat flash movie that's so bad I'm like oh you want to know and we made it half hour thirty five minutes in he's like I can't do this anymore <laughs> it's, it's not nice. that bad it's not it's, that bad he got I, to the, I, the I baby hospital by, I stand by Steve's original review thank you thank you <laughs> I don't think it's that bad so. Okay. Is what it so is. so you two are the jaded ones. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I get it. Only only about superhero movies, man. I don't know. But wait till we get to Blue Beetle, okay? I was gonna say this seems to be the I haven't seen it, but it seems mm-hmm. to be the the exception to the rule. But let's jump into some movies already then. Uh and let's start with the movie that we decided we were gonna talk about last episode. We all managed to see passages, the new Iris mm-hmm. Sachs film. Um where do you guys want to start? Um, with the trio, let's talk Franz, Adele, and uh, and Ben. Ben. Um, who I feel in this film because they're all three of them are just amazing, but I feel that Franz's work strengthens both of their work. 
And I've spent a lot of this movie, like I love Franz Rogalski so much, but I so disliked him in this movie so much because he's so he's not he's not driven by anything but his own like fragile ego and needing to be loved and needing to be needed. And then when that's gone, he's just kind of like a shell. And once he has it, he doesn't want it anymore. He wants the other person. And it was just like, it was a lot, you know, and, and he, the, he was the man to play it for sure. But what he did, what his, what it serves to do is to make Ben wish a heartbreaking again and again and again. And when that man sobs, the whole world sobs with him. He is just, he can deliver it like nobody else. Paddington. How can you not sob along with Paddington? Right. And I mean, just to focus that scene where he meets Adele at, at the restaurant yeah, the coffee shop. And, and he, yeah. and he doesn't know yeah. the reality that scene shattered me. Yeah. Like even when I think about it now, I get a bit emotional because it's, it's hard as fuck. Like, yeah. honestly, and yeah, it it really took me aback. It might be one of my favorite scenes of the movie. I also really like the last shot oh. a lot. Oh, it's it's so swelling in like a crazy way. Um, but yeah, that that scene with Adele and Ben is just just chef's kiss stuff. So good, sir. You're gonna have to leave. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 yeah so good. Uh, yeah, it's it's and it's finally great to see what I think is probably one of the first adult films I've seen this year that w- really screamed adult. Um, but yeah, uh, Ben Whishaw I think is one of the, the underrated actors of our time. He's always really great, even in Bond movies. He's incredible. Like yeah. it's, it's really good stuff. Uh, Rajowski's got quite the career going on. He's got Petzold, Hanake, Malik. He was in that one shot Victoria film. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Which I hated well, honestly when I saw it, but really? I, yeah, I really disliked it. I was I had just got it in a son of soul. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I was done. I was cooked. So I, did I do that at fifth too? Yeah, I, you, I, I think I, you did. I, I am that stupid. Yeah. I was just like I was like probably a dry husk coming out of Son of Saul, <laughs> just like shattered. But yeah, this I think uh, I think Adele also gets she could be getting some praise here. She she holds her own quite well. But um, yeah, uh, Franz is just he's on another level. Is this his first English language film? It might be. I think it might be. Yeah, does quite well. Um, yeah, it's I think it might be one of my actually one of my favorite performances of the year. It's very very nuanced and great. I just but the whole time. Every time there was a sex scene in this film, I kept on thinking of one thing: Trey Parker and Matt Stone when they <laughs> when they put uh, Team America World Police in for the rating. They got an NC seventeen. They were told there was too much thrusting of the puppets. <laughs> Did this movie get NC seventeen because of thrusting? Probably. Yeah, I, th- I think <laughs> the scene between Franz and Ben is where well, it got the NC seventeen. Yeah, yeah I, this movie got an NC seventeen. Let's be clear, because of bigotry. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, there, there is nothing in that in that love scene that we haven't seen a million times with a man and a woman, but because it was two men, and I think I think the other factor that played into that as well was the fact that you think that like so Franz Rogowski's character is definitely like he's I mean he's a narcissist and an aggressor, and you don't expect him to be the receiving partner in that relationship, and I think that also played into the NC seventeen rating. Yeah, I could go with that. Is there a part that made it seem like that maybe he wasn't always the receiving partner though? In, in, I mean, in, in many relationships, it's not, that's not cut and dry. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, like, I don't, we, we only got what we got to see in the film, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't find that love. I didn't find that love scene at all offensive. I didn't think it was over the top gratuitous. I still thought there was quite a bit of intimacy in the scene. Um, like, yeah, I just, I really did not understand. I really did not understand that we got no full frontal nudity in, in either love scene no. for any of the, any of the cast. Um so yeah, like it just seems bizarre to me that you would give an NC seventeen rating to a movie with sex scenes where the only thing that you see is someone's bare butt. Like mm-hmm. I just, it's so puritanical and strange to me that the only thing it can be, and I mean, it's really clear the only thing that it was 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 bigotry. Was the yeah. fact that this was a homosexual scene and it was and not a, not a straight scene, and that's that you can't have you can't have that kind of queer content in a mainstream movie. Straight true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say, um, I have, I'm not one to rewatch movies um, where I don't like, I like to watch movies that make me happy. Like to rewatch movies, they, they kind of have to make me happy or they have to be some like super special in some way or shape or form. I can honestly say I'll probably never watch this again because he is so fucking unlikable. Like, I'm like from scene to scene. And that's the thing that like really struck me walking out was the performances are outstanding. I I said to Melissa right afterwards, I'm the last scene in that cop in the coffee shop is like maybe one of the best things I've seen this year. I've since seen something that I think is might be on par with that, which I'll get to later. But I just, I I had a really hard time feeling any emotion or any care for any of the characters because I just didn't like any of them. Like I can appreciate the relationship and how it is complicated. And it's very, like you say, Bill, it's a very adult movie dealing with adult themes in a a really sort of like adult way where, you know, you're kind of face, you have to face the issues that are at hand. I just, I didn't like anybody. I mean, I thought, um that ben's character like the acting is all great like it, to me it's nothing to do with the acting and it's really nothing to do with the relationships either like i can understand the 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 roles that they're all playing and the, the way that these relationships actually do happen i just i didn't like anybody like nobody i didn't feel any any i didn't feel bad for anybody except for maybe adele's character agatha because i think she's the one that really got screwed at the end of the day, I mean, and even she kind of knew what she was getting herself into when she started a relationship. So, mm-hmm. like, to me, they're all people that are, like, severely flawed. And I can appreciate that, you know, we're digging into some really mature, deep things. I just, I didn't care for it. I was like, no, you know what? As much as I can appreciate that this is a really great movie, I don't like any of these people. I don't <laughs> want to associate with any of them. And I'll probably never see it again, to be completely honest. 
just it, it was it just right. I was like, you know, I don't know, man. I, I don't need to see, you know, flawed people having flawed relationships all the time. That's, I, well, that's funny because I didn't like, I don't know. I didn't have that same reaction. I did. No. Very much, I liked Agath and I liked, um, and I liked Ben's character. I like, I, I thought both of them were earnest and sincere and like, had really actually fallen in love with this incredibly toxic person who you can see how it happens. Like he's yep. an artistic genius and he love bombs the crap out of both of them. And so like, mm-hmm. like it's interesting watching this kind of toxic dynamic that he has going on with each of these characters, because you, you know, people like either you've had that kind of relationship or you have friends who are in that kind of relationship. Yep. Like it is not something that's foreign to anyone. I don't think. Um, no. So I think there was like a lot that was relatable in here. And I thought like, I also just thought like this script is so minimal. Like there's not a lot there. There's not a lot of dialogue there. There's not like, it, it's kind of like so much of these performances are physical. They're like gesture and facial expression and, you know, and the, you know, the welling of tears. And like, it's, it's just, it's amazing how, like how affecting that was. I thought that was so, like, it was just so, like from such a minimal script to to be so affected by that film and moved by that film I thought was pretty, it was pretty impressive. And I have to say like Franz Rogowski's wardrobe in this movie was fucking incredible. That half shirt. Yes. The crop tops. Oh my God. Things that bizarre green sweater. I like all of it was like crazy. And I said to Marina, like after we watched it, I was like, I love that. You know, it's like at the end of the movie when he's finally wearing the most conventional outfit that he's had on the entire film, that's when the two of them see him for what he is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is so brilliant. Like, I love it when I love when costume is part of the storytelling, like in that kind of really obvious way. Like, I don't know. I just I I thought that was quite genius, too. Yeah, no, but I think you're right. I think the fact that uh, you mentioned that a lot of the of the story is basically untold and that's you're totally like right on the money like a lo- most of for me the the parts of the movie that were really like that spoke to me the most are those unspoken moments just like the fact that the dialogue is allowed to breathe like that and that everything it's like so much of the emotion actually happens when you're, they're not nobody's talking mm-hmm. is really really impressive i mean rsx is a really great filmmaker i am not taking anything back for me personally i just i walked away i'm like I just don't like these people. And that's the thing. Like, I know people in these relationships. We've all met some of these people. We've all interacted with some of these people. I just, I can appreciate the artistry. I still don't like the movie. So it's it's like Hanukkah is a more. Yeah, it's exactly like a Hanukkah movie. Not just more. Pretty much any of his movies. Happy I end. Can, yeah, I mean, I can <laughs> also appreciate Also with Franz Rogalski. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, it's exactly in that ballpark. I can appreciate it. I just don't like it. I I think we're used in in some regards to having Ira write likable characters. That too. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, how great are the characters in uh, what's that one? Strange. Love is Strange. Or Little Men. Little Men. Even John Lithgow and Love is Strange. Oh my god. Oh, Al Molina. Yeah. So So good. good. So fucking good. Why isn't Ira Sachs a bigger director? He, and, and he should be too, because he is. I, I mean, as much as we've been praising praising him and 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 how minimal a script is, because he is, he's like an actor's filmmaker. Yeah, 
because he's really relying on his talent to bring things to life. You know what I mean? He he's because there, yeah, I mean, the script is minimalist and stuff. So a lot of the weight is put onto these these actors' shoulders. Um, and I mean, at, at the same time, you can do a lot of um minimalist stuff. Then he also has like that dinner scene with the parents. <laughs> that wow. scene is just chock full of and so brutal so much bad energy so much crazy so much yeah and and just defensiveness from everybody everybody and evident right away and i love the storm away from the table and the coming back and how that was shot how it was just like we're not going to pan to him he's just gone for now is he gone is he left the apartment i don't know like i don't know it just adds so much more to it and, but I mean, uh, the reason Ira Sachs isn't the bigger name is because he's telling gay love stories. That's mm, what he's always done. And let's bigotry. be honest, it goes back exactly to the bigotry. I mean, he's mm. a fantastic filmmaker. Uh, he's been proving it for years with pretty much all of his movies. And the people that watch the films and can appreciate what he's doing appreciate it. But the reality of it is a lot of people will see two men on a poster. It's a romance. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm not going there, and which the is their only- loss. The only one to shout about it in a blockbuster way was Billy Eichner, and we all drowned him out. Okay, so his last, true. His his last true. film was was Frankie, right? Uh, I, I remember seeing that at Vif. Yeah, I saw that too. That's the with um, uh, Isabel Hooper, right? Yeah. yeah, good movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I also have to, you know, thank the U.S. distributor who got the NC seventeen, and it's like, no, we're just going to go unrated. Thanks. Hell yes. Yes, thank you. And no rating in Canada either. Thank you very much. <laughs> so yeah, we actually got to see it. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be delayed, but they said, you know, screw that. We're putting it out. Well, and, it really and, saved us from watching from having to talk about the Meg to the trench <laughs> in a in a in a in a broader sense. Well, and I mean, and and re, re, um, speaking like in real terms, the fact that the movie is unrated. I don't think affected its like box office opportunity with its audience. And if anything, it maybe, you know, drew some people to the movie because now they're like, what's this thing that everybody's talking mm-hmm. about? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it, it maybe hurt it very much, but yeah, I fully agree. I mean, good for them for pl- plowing ahead with the movie as is, because I mean, like Melissa says, it's not something that we've never seen before. We just need to normalize this stuff. It, it's reality. I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with it. No. I, I just don't get it. People are just stupid. <laughs> So the yes, I just called everybody stupid. I'm sorry. I'm not generalizing. uh, The theater I saw it at before it showed the best cat videos of the year show, (laughs) and it was sold out completely. And then there was three of us for passages. I was just like, oh, see, the theater was pretty full when Marina and I went to see it at the at VIF. Cool. So yeah, it was, and it was, and they they've been run they ran it like all week. They ran it every day for a week. Yeah, just a pretty good run for them. Well, in Penticton, I live for an empty theater. So <laughs> I generally Box office for, returns be damned. Yeah, I'm with I you. Give it. me an empty theater any day of the week. because nobody knows how to behave in the theater anymore. That's this is it. Yeah. They yeah. lost their fucking minds. Let's just. Have they ever played a subtitle movie in Penticton, Steve? <laughs> Not that I've seen. The closest is Blue Beetle right now. Nice. There's subtitles in Blue Beetle. There's a lot of subtitles in Blue Beetle. That's There's amazing. a lot. 
it's it's a really lit, Latinx Spanish driven film. film. Like yeah. it's, okay, so it's, we're gonna get might as well get to that next. But I, sure. I think just to close this off, is there anything else you guys want to say about uh, passages other than see it? Because I'm 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 totally on the see it camp. I yeah. just I don't want to ever see it again. It just it made me feel gross, and I don't want to feel like that. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't feel like a rewatch movie. Like, I kind of agree with you there. Like, I, I don't feel like I need to see it again. I feel like I've pulled what I'm going to pull from it. Um, but yeah, if it's it's a trio of incredible performers under the tutelage of a great writer and director that just has command of his film all the time. And I mean, we just brought Frankie, which I think might be the weakest of all his films. I would say that. Um, um, but that's still a great movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... It's like, I, I think Passages is like, I don't want to say return to form because he never lost it. But after Frankie, this is, you're, you're back on that top pedestal now. So he's making Avengers 6? No, he's doing years. Eternals. Yeah, too. okay. Nice. Marie's he's doing Chloe's out. I, I, right. I'm happy. Bring it on. <laughs> and it's going to be in 4-3. Yeah, sure. Um, I will watch the shit out of it. Bring it on. It's black and white. Six 20, hours long. Twenty Please frames per me, second. Tell yeah. me it's six hours long. I'll no CG, all, all practical in camera. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, we're doing it, and it stars Harry Styles. <laughs> now I'm really in. Star Fox. All, all I have to say about passages is it's you know it's all it's all cool for Evil Dead to show like people's eyes getting almost taken out, but you you can't show butt and thrusting. America's film society needs to grow the fuck up. Yeah. More butts and thrusting. That's the that's the the moral we're taking now. <laughs> butts and thrusting. I don't like that word thrusting. Nice. And also just more <laughs> queer love scenes in general. Like I yeah, yeah I, I I agree. Why not? I mean, forgot like that's what I thought was hilarious as I was watching this and I was like, I remember watching like the American Queers Folk. Mm-hmm. on television right like it was like network television that we were watching queers folk on and there were like there were racier sex scenes in that than there were in passages and passages was actually like rooted in relationship and intimacy like i just yeah i just don't i really don't understand that's uh but as marina said people are just stupid especially mm-hmm. people who write films apparently so yeah. there we go. all right mm-hmm. okay let's talk Blue Beetle, since you guys have seen it, I have not. I, I kind of am disappointed I haven't seen it, but please tell us about Blue Beetle. Oh, who who's seen it here? Surprisingly, I have. Of course. Okay. Not I, shocking. I had the bar at low mid, so maybe that's because none of the trailers really impressed me all at all. They're, ter- it just they're terrible looks super formulaic and i will say that there is a certain origin formula to this movie that we've kind of seen before i will say uh, susan saranda could have been freaking anybody she is really 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 generic in it um but i like zolo in this movie i think he's fun uh he's charming and he's fun um i really dislike george lopez but he is a lot of fun in this movie even with his crazy beard and his mullet and everything. Um, it does do a little Black Panthery stuff in it that I was just like, okay, we've seen this. Um, 
but I, I honestly had a, a good time with this film. Um, it was shot by Ari's guy, Powell shot this film, which kind of blew my mind when I saw the cinematography. I was like, really? Oh, okay. I'll, I'll take it. Um, yeah, I, I didn't hate this movie. And I think it's, um, it's, it's the interesting first leap into the blockbuster for, uh, Angel Soto, I think his name is. Um, and, uh, yeah, I had a fun time, but like, it's not gonna blow anybody away. Um, but yeah, it's enjoyable. Yeah, pretty much exactly what Steve said. I really enjoyed the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, good stuff. Uh, the sister, I forget who that is, but she's hilarious. She's good. Uh, yeah, uh, you're right about George Lopez. Quite funny. Uh, it, it didn't do anything stupid either that just made me go, oh, that's gonna ruin the film right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. I expected a lot worse. And I am, as I said before, I am superheroed out. Mm-hmm. And I still kind of enjoyed this film. I, I had no expectations. And uh, yeah, it's it's probably better than The Flash. I'm going to stay quiet on this one. <laughs> um, I will say I'm, I'm a bit disappointed that I haven't gotten around to seeing this. I'm hoping that by the time I get around to it, it's still theatrical because I looked at the trailers and like Steve said, it. I was like, this is going nowhere fast. And then I saw some of the early chatter and everybody seemed to be really positive on it. And I'm like, okay, well, I can go with that. And... <laughs> I'm kind of bummed that it didn't do better at the box office, but hey, what are you going to do? I, and I'm also disappointed this that we probably will not see this character return. Like, I have no idea if they've left it with, like, opening for more movies, but I'm not sure where this would fit in the new DC universe. So there is an opening for a sequel, and James Gunn has said that Jaime is part of the new oh, DC. Oh, good. That's yeah. excellent because yeah. it 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 certainly does look like maybe one of the better uh, entries into the DCU of the last few years. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm happy to see that it still will have legs. Well, I'm he, really looking forward to it. He's the Peter Parker core, I think, that they're going to try to put in yeah. this DCU because he's so fresh, he's so new to it all. So now they're going to put him against the the Titan, you know, put him next to the Titans of the Justice League and everything. I think that's kind of the plan. Um you know, people like to take it, the internet loves to shit on James Gunn. So uh I'm 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 interested to see where he's going to go with it. I just wish that they'd boot Andy Machete the fuck out of this whole thing. Yeah, they kind of maybe need to move beyond him. I'll or maybe that. not have him write. Maybe he just doesn't write. Don't write him and Barbara should just shut up and go away. Okay, Steve, what's worse? It part two or the flash it part two. Thank you. It part two had a more (laughs) effect. They like took bullet points out of that book and threw the rest of it fucking away. Yeah. They threw that book in the garbage and treated it as such. And so I, yeah, I was already pissed with Andy and Barb. (laughs) Um, so Steve's on a first name basis with him, Barb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just want to say Machete a bunch. <sighs> Blue Beetle will always be known as the film that took out Barbie at number one. Yeah, that, there is <laughs> it that had to happen eventually. Yeah, somebody has to take that. I'm just glad it wasn't like fucking Equalizer three or something. Oh, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. I have my ticket already. I almost don't give a fuck though. Dan actually said to me the other day, he saw a billboard. He's like, they made a second one. 
it's terrible yeah, it's a well, bad sequel well they're gonna make a bad prequel if you can even call I know, it that. and I it's know. and it's denzel's third sequel and, yeah. and this time he's in italy don't even get it anymore. Who cares? Like, yeah, I don't, don't get it anymore. <laughs> and then I saw the Dakota Fanning's and I'm like, wasn't she in the first one? They're like, no, that was Chloe Grace Moretz. I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. But that's the reunion of, uh, cause they've made a movie together a number of years ago, a man on, man fire, on fire, which is actually mm. really good. Damn good movie. It's a Tony Scott movie. Of course it's no, good. Of course it's good. Right. It's actually a pretty good book too, but okay. Uh, but now we're totally derailed, totally derailed. <laughs> Have you guys seen anything else that's theatrical? Because if not, I'll go with my last, my other theatrical. Okay, Bill, let's get it over with. So strays came out last week. <laughs> <laughs> A movie that works in concept better than execution because the concept would work great as like, I don't know, like a four minute YouTube short, maybe, but an entire hour and 35 minutes of it does not work. And it only got a dry chuckle from me every now and then. And that was only just because of line delivery. Anything to, else? It was just why? To, to be fair, I only watched a half hour of it. I okay. never walk out of films. Even at film festivals, I try really hard not to walk out of films, and I was just done. I was just like, you, I can't do, I can't do this. Now you can't say never because you know. did. Like Melissa says, I watch everything. I didn't watch this. <laughs> also, I just I love that we're getting like jaded Steve Stebbing this episode. I was like, after all that David Ehrlich, he's just totally he's 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 a one man rampage now. I'm, this episode, I'm settling into my inner Ehrlich. Yeah, I I just it just was not good. Like I just it's it just keep on swearing. That's really all they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of the jokes and stuff were kind of recycled. Um, I mean, things don't match up. I mean, because there's there's a lot of it where they're kind of acting like there's like they're fresh and new and they don't know what these things are because they're dogs clearly. But they're like some of their like vocabulary is like what. How the fuck does this match up? So, yeah, You're I mean, but it's a movie it, about. I know, but it's a movie about talking dogs. So, like the, f- you know, whatever. If it was talking cats, it might play better. Well, yeah. we've already done that. Cats and dogs. Oh God. Pussy galore. Kitty, uh, kitty galore, kitty galore. That's what it was. Kitty okay. galore. One, which one was it? Bette Midler. <laughs> yeah, a, I remember that. Once again, just checking up with Steve. So, you people or strays, worst of the year. You people. Okay, good. You people still. Yeah, still. still. There's there's something like almost panderingly offensive to you people. Yeah. Okay. And good. it continued on. What else did Kenya Barris write? There was something else that it continued on in. And I'm like, this movie's just as offensively badly written as well (laughs) trying to remember i'll I'll remember it in a couple of minutes and i'll be like i'll just yell it out oh man that's and the fact they have to think about it to boot it's it's upsetting it's really upsetting i like i understand that that the blackish was a huge coup for for abc and the and you know disney and everything as a you know as it uh grew and and made into other shows and stuff oh white man can't jump that was the other egregious horrible piece of shit i still have to watch that i i I feel like i I need to experience the 
the terribleness of that film. Jack Harlow has the charisma of a manila envelope. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> David seems stepping, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I I contend that there are people that agree with me on that though. <laughs> and agree with me on strays. So I'm you know. Maybe, I contend maybe. that I'm not as jaded as I'm being, per- being <laughs> painted right now. So Admittedly, about, it looks terrible. So. so how about you finish your list, Steve, and then I'll do mine. And then Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, wait. <laughs> I have a theatrical. Wait a minute. I have something theatrical that's still playing that is Dude, really I, fucking I have awesome. Like, I have like five. Your point? Well, you stop talking for a minute, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's my point. No, I want to talk about TMNT because I fucking love that <gasps> movie. There we go. That's why I want to talk about TMNT because it is awesome. And I'm going to say this and I know I'm going to get like eye rolls from the team over here, but I actually enjoy this more than Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I quit. (laughs) Who's jaded now? (laughs) I I, I mean, I'll I'll fully admit that like on a thematic level and storytelling, like Spider-Man is on another level. But on a purely enjoyable level, I will watch TMNT way more times than I'm going to watch Spider-Man any given day of the week. Guaranteed. I'm already planning when I can get by this thing on 4K so I can rewatch it because I loved it so fucking much. How many people do you think watched Ferris Bueller after watching uh, TMNT? I don't know. I have honestly have no idea. Yeah, probably people are like, oh, yeah. I could, I could see that. Was, oh, mom, what, what, what movie is that? Yeah, right? And so many kids were introduced. Yep, yep. I just, I love this movie. I think, I, and I mean, I don't have the 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 history with the Ninja Turtles that you guys probably do. I know, Steve, you kind of alluded to that with mm-hmm. on the last podcast. I mean, I've enjoyed some of it here and there. Like, I've liked some of the movies. I've liked some of the shows, but I've never been like, really into the whole Ninja Turtles thing, but I thought the trailer looked great and the movie didn't disappoint. It's fun. It's smart. It's funny. It looks amazing. Um, The music choices are kind of banging. I'm okay with the soundtrack and I don't know. It just, just, it looks, it was, it was great. I had so much fun watching this so much fun. And it it's, it's a win for AO debris because I just want her to just, Rise yeah. and rise and rise, rise. Yeah. I love yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, you know, breaking anything and it's not like as smart as Spider-Man, but man, mm. it's hugely enjoyable and it doesn't really do anything wrong. Like the characters actually feel like teenagers and they're actually voiced by teenagers. Go figure, do something right for us. It actually works. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's hugely entertaining. And those action sequences are really awesome. Like really, really well choreographed and really well executed. Visually, the movie is looks great, and it costs way less money to make than Spider Man. And not getting into any spoiler territory, but it is a line towards the end of the movie, which I loved from Ice Cube. That horse, I don't need that horse. I just, I la- I cackled when you said that line. It was just so funny. I laughed a lot through this entire movie. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really well, well scripted. I'm on strike because of the words of Marina Antunes. So I'm going to take the next five minutes off <laughs> because I, I think she has um, lost the plot. Thank you. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, 
Anything else to ask from anybody other than Bill? <laughs> well, we, we're talking. We're talking theatrical, right? Yeah, go for it, Steve. Okay. So, why did blockbuster movies do my 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 man Ben Wheatley so dirty? <laughs> why did he make this movie? Why did he make Meg to the Trench? He probably had some bills to pay. I don't know. I guess. But like, why did he make something that is so okay? For one, limited Megs, like very limited when it comes to Megs or any of that kind of shit. They almost kind of like bookend the movie, I felt, and like kind of like cameo every now and then in it. They they've lost direction of what Jason Statham's character was in the first film, apparently, because all of a sudden he's like. Eco warrior, like yeah. what's going on here? I don't even understand that opening scene at all. And then any time that there's any action underwater, I couldn't tell you anything about what's going on. It's murky. It's unintelligible. Well, I, Steve, there's some sort of weird ass layer that the Megs can't. I fucking give up. There you I, go. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It is just a just a large piece of shit. And if Ben Wheatley's name wasn't on the movie, I had have no idea it was his movie. There's no identifying there's there's no identity to this movie whatsoever. It's just there. It's just this blockbuster shit floating in water. That's it. It's I, just awful. Awful. I awful. can I can only imagine that the reason it looked ter- terrible is because they didn't pay for visual effects. Just yeah, saying. Yes. Uh, I mean, I think the first one in part, I mean, the first one was also like a lot of fun. And like you guys say, I mean, I really liked number one to the point where I would watch the second one. I didn't, but I would. Um, but I don't think that they put anywhere near as much money into the visual effects this time around as they did with the first one, which would maybe explain why there isn't as much Meg and why the underwater stuff looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like character deaths in it are almost hilarious. <laughs> Like every time there's a character death, I'm like, that was probably supposed to be played with an emotional beat, but that was fucking funny. <laughs> they should do a, a super cut of all the deaths. I'd watch that. <laughs> Somebody's head explodes from pressure, and everybody just kind of looks at the person for like two seconds and then just goes, okay, walks away. They, leave, they just leave her. <laughs> there, there's no ceremony to nothing. They're just like, fuck it. She doesn't even have a head anymore. Whatever. Not important. She's yeah. not important. God, oh, and boy. even like setting up the tension to that scene, I was like, "Don't care, don't care, don't care." Who's that? Don't care, don't care, don't care. Like you haven't earned me to give a shit about any of these people. This isn't much of a spoiler, but Jason Statham holds off one of the Megs by putting his legs under its chin yep. and like pushing it. He pushes this thing with his giant squatted legs. How about how he kills the Meg? Oh. Another another science problem. Wow. Yeah, not a good film, friends. No. Not no, a good film. Not at all. And like how how long how long is it supposed to be between movies? I know. They never say. No. They never say that little girl from the first movie is now like a late teen. Nobody else has aged <laughs> like at all. And what? also also, once again, proving Bill's point about shitty children in films. She like yeah. almost like ruins everybody's vibe in that film. She just like, oh, do whatever I want. It's fine. Kill the children. Exactly. Right. 
Oh, I'm going to sneak aboard a submersible, especially in 2023 when sneaking when submersibles is like kind of like a terrifying thing right now. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Chinese money bought that movie. Yes, yes. They also paid for the first one, but okay. Well, oh, it's real. It wasn't as noticeable in the first one. The, the, for the second one, it's really apparent. Yeah, yeah. It made, made a lot of money. Really? Oh God! Well, we we live in a world where Sound of Freedom made a lot of money, so I just I have no faith in moviegoers sometimes. <laughs> uh, Fuck that you... movie, by the way. Oh God! I haven't seen it. It's such garbage. It's it's a movie that no one would pay attention to. Nobody. It's like it's like the the movie that Liam Neeson makes three times a year. It's. It's it's like one of those Bruce Willis directed video ones. It's faith based too, so it's like so badly written. But is like, that why I made money? Like I don't, I I didn't no. even know this was coming out, and then people were talking about it, and I'm like, what the hell is this thing? And I paid it, about, I paid that much attention to it. It made money because they're trying to own the libs. That's why it made money. And a bunch of churches bought theaters. And they're yeah, they're astroturfing the box office yeah. by having QR codes appear in the end credits of the movie with Jim Caviezel on screen in a split screen. This is because this is this was on the screener that I saw too. He's on the screen telling you need to get everybody tickets. Just buy your tickets now. The QR codes here. As soon as you scan it, it'll buy tickets automatically. Blah blah blah. They're astroturfing their own box office. Wow, it's bullshit. That movie's bullshit. All right. Yeah, it was. It was also written from a true story. That's bullshit. <laughs> so that yeah. was a sound of freedom. What so else yeah, we got? So yeah, Steve is jaded. <laughs> I'm just. Well, that's I, you know, not jaded. That's that's not. Jaded. That's reality. No, this, this, one's, this, this one's. That's just a me. responsible take on a piece of propaganda. Yeah, I am, I'm with me. Melissa on this one angry because conservatives are using this as like a digging point on people and if you say any like i guarantee if there's people that heard the sound clip of me i'm gonna get labeled as a pedophile just for saying that that movie sucks you know so it's like that's fucked up that's fucked up that you can't say anything was it one of the producers arrested Mm -hmm. for yeah one of the because it was like a crowd it was like an uh a crowdsourced thing so one of the contributors yeah was arrested under child tra- uh, child endangerment or child trafficking or something like that yeah so it's just like hmm yeah wow yeah wow. oh anyway should i continue yeah what else you got <laughs> <laughs> um i got to check out uh, a little movie that i hadn't really heard of but i ended up streaming it uh the angry black girl and her monster um which is kind of like a modern um uh like Frankenstein sort of story set in a very dangerous and volatile neighborhood. And basically it's about a, a girl that is uh that resurrects her uh her dead brother who died uh, uh due to uh, gang warfare and uh tries to bring him back to life to kind of save her family and it is dark it is so beautifully shot and um i was just really really enamored with this movie especially the performance by uh leah de, uh, de leon hayes who plays the, the lead in this film 
just such an incredible job. And um, I, I'm really looking forward to uh, what this uh, director, uh, Bomani J Story, does next because uh, this is a really interesting establishing film that, yeah, like I said, I was, I was really surprised by it. Nice. Cool. Um, did anyone get to see Aporia with, uh, with Judy Greer and uh, Eddie Gathegi? It's like yeah. this, a really kind of smart, lo-fi time travel movie. Um, basically about Judy Greer's character who is um, grieving the loss of her husband and through his best friend who's been who's like a, a former physicist who's been kind of like building a time machine or a way to bend time in his garage kind of reminiscent of primer um says that we have a way that maybe we can change things and one thing this film showcases is judy greer in a dramatic performance who is so underrated when it comes to that stuff like she's amazing in comedy i like i absolutely adore her but when she does drama, she kind of rocks it. And and this movie, she owns this movie for sure. Um, it comes from uh, Jared, Moshe, uh, Jared Moshe, who uh, wrote and directed this one. Um, the only film that I know of him is uh, The Ballad of Lefty Brown. Came out a few years ago with uh, Bill Pullman, I think was in that one. Um, and I, I, I dug that one, but I feel that he really comes into his own as a filmmaker with Aporia. Um but it was released by Wellgo USA, so guaranteed nobody saw it. Yeah. Uh, let's move on here. Um, really quickly, Gal Gadot, Heart of Stone. Do not do it. Just don't do it. She just has a really hard time emoting and being interesting. And I just I couldn't hang on to that movie at all. Um, two more to finish it. Dreamin' Wild, uh, with Casey Affleck and uh, Walton Goggins, Chris Messina's in this one. Uh, it's based on a true story uh, about uh, two brothers and their record uh, that they made when they were teenagers gets discovered like thirty years later um, by the internet and becomes kind of this sensation. So they're kind of experiencing that their music is getting some love like way after they made it. And it was something that kind of like caused rift in their, their family and like not between them, but just in what they grew into. Um, and it's just a really good character drama. Affleck's amazing. Walton Goggins is consistently the MVP of anything he's in. Uh, but one, I really love their dad's played by Bo Bridges. And I feel like I haven't seen Bo Bridges in anything for a really long time. So to see him and to see the fatherly love and just the strife and the sacrifice that he went through for these kids and everything, it's a really touching story. So I really, really dug that. And we're going to finish it off with Metalocalypse, the army of the doom star, which I watched last night. I'm a huge <laughs> Metalocalypse guy. I mean, I look like Tokyo Wartooth myself, so I kind of feel a kinship to it. Um, and I, I've it, this feels like Brendan Small made the finale. This movie, there's actual character progression because there's never been character progression in all the seasons of the show, but now there's character progression, and it feels like a really great send off, um, which is nice coming like. I don't know, just a month after we kind of got the same thing for Venture Brothers. So, um, yeah, I love that Warner Brothers, uh, kind of their directed DVD or directed Blu-ray animation for the Adult Swim. They're they're digging into the stuff and they're like, oh, we'll give you another story. 
And uh, it's really working for me. So three for three, Aquatine, Venture Brothers, and now this one. So that's all for me. I saw Death Clock in concert. And you know who opened for them? Mastodon. Mast- Mastodon. I saw I saw that show at the uh, Orpheum. Yeah, I was there. I was there too. Nice. That was a good show. That was a good show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think Gene Hoagland was playing the drums for that show too. Yeah, that was a good show. That was your Viff. I went to a movie at like five o'clock and then went to the, see that movie then went home. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that it for you? That's it for me. Yeah. Do you want me to finish my list, Marina? Are we good? Okay, cool. I'm off, <laughs> <laughs> I'm off strike. I'm off strike. Okay, here we go. Uh, I saw Haunted Mansion. Uh, Steve saw it last time and said it was kind of okay. It's exactly that. Lakeith rules. All the, acting is, all the acting is great. Just kind of left me a little bored. That's all. Mm-hmm. Some cool special effects, some, some decent ideas, decently well shot. Just didn't do much for me. But did it make you want to rage about Jared Leto for no an hour? No, I'm good. No. Yeah, exactly. uh, Gr- Gran Turismo is really pretty. That's it. But holy shit, is it a PlayStation ad? That's everywhere. It's worse than Disney remaking The Little Mermaid or the movie, all these movies to make billions of dollars. PlayStation made this movie just to sell games. PlayStation logo here, Sony Walkman here, Sony Discman here. Sony cassette player here. Like there's freaking Sony stuff everywhere. It's the biggest product placement movie I've ever seen in my life. But it's still the the racing scenes are pretty cool. He shoots it like a video game. It's pretty cool. Lots of cool drone shots. David Harbour rules. The main actor is a little wooden, but I've never seen him before. Yeah, he's okay. But yeah, it's seen on a really big screen that's really loud and you might enjoy it. Uh, just don't expect much. So um, I'll link to in the show notes, I'll link to a talk. Uh, when I was at SIGGRAPH, I went to uh, Sony had an entire day of programming. Sony creators, they called it. And one of the talks that they did was with one of the producers for the film and the cinematographer whose name, he's a French guy. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. That and the fact that his previous track record is working with um, um Oh my god, I've forgotten his name. Transformers guy, somebody help me. Michael Bay. Michael Bay, thank you. So oh, he okay. was a longtime Michael Bay um uh focus puller and then camera operator and then DP. And they had some really fun stories, and it the whole thing was recorded and it's online. So I'll link to it in the show notes. It's worth checking out. And it was really funny because one of the things they talked about is the fact that they hired a guy whose entire career is basically made up of making really great looking movies with great visual effects for almost no money. And he did pretty much this entire film on practical effects. <laughs> um, Archie is in Midsummer. Mm. I, I will I will say that I because I have seen him before. Okay. How, the runtime's over two hours. Does it? Yeah. Do you feel it? Nah, you do. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm heading into my screening tomorrow, so I, I saw that the runtime's like two hours and seventeen minutes. I'm like, ooh, ooh, are we gonna feel that? Because Neil and pacing are sometimes two separate ideas. Okay. Yay or nay on Chappie? Uh, yeah. I wanted to like it. I was left a little cold. I hate Ninja with like a fiery passion. Oh, I, I hate Dion's word, but uh, yeah, I still like Chappie. I okay. like Chappie. Yeah. 
I like Charl. I, I like Charlto. That's yeah. That's that's where I reside there. Um. Oh, and I saw on. I was almost called it Twitter. I saw an X yesterday that a guy had a really, really awkward interview with Neil Blomkamp. Like who doesn't really, have a, a who really doesn't awkward have... one? Well, I guess when he came into, he's like, "I only want to talk about Gran Turismo, just Gran Turismo only." And it's like, okay, fine, that's fine, whatever, right? Set the set the boundaries and the parameters. And then they got to a question. He's like, "I I, I saw my the guys like I saw my screening like way early." And now all the marketing is coming out. And I didn't realize at the time that before going into it, it was based on a true story. So you also had um, him uh, do all the racing for you. And what was that like? And Neil goes, yeah, that was cool. Wow. And that was like the next four questions. He was like, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, I was all right with that. Yeah, I enjoyed that. It's like, fuck, dude. What are you promoting? He's not. That's no, not his thing. Not. He's just like, you're going to see yeah. it or you're not going to see it. I don't fucking care. Pretty much. This is Neil he's, with everything. Is he jaded from aliens? I think he's just jaded, period. Yeah, that would make sense. That makes sense. He has a lot of projects that never got made. Yeah. There is that. Very true. There is that. Very true. Especially all that concept stuff with Sigourney Weaver, all those pictures and everything. Yeah. yeah. All down the drain. All for, all for Ridley to steal all the way and make utter crap yeah utter crap alien covenant is just awful yeah awful and i hate prometheus too so do co-signed awful movies movies to sleep by i also i also saw demeter it's okay it's exactly got a hammer element to it no it's exactly it's it's very straightforward it's got a lot of really cool uh, sun deaths. They tie people up and people get torched by the sun. Very cool. Underused. I like that death technique. Uh, Liam Cunningham is really good in the film, but he's always really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Hawkins is in it from Straight Outta Compton. It's not bad. It's just a very straightforward film. It's exactly what you think it is. Is that for C things the hammer film? So it's probably not what I'm thinking, but well, I don't know. It just kind of has that look to it, but it's a two hour film based on one small chapter in a book. Yeah. There's a title card at the beginning saying this is from Bram Stoker's Dracula. One I'm like, uh, I didn't know it's that. Like a, I think it's like a four page chapter too. Like it's fucking short. It's wow. very, very short. I mean, for me, it's always been like, quite honestly, that's always been the chapter that interests me the most. How do you get Dracula across the water? Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always, this is the movie I've always wanted to see, which is why I was excited about it. But yeah, I mean, I thought it looked fun. I was not expecting greatness from it in any way, shape, or form. So the fact that it's okay, that's okay yeah, by me. I'll bad. catch up with it at some yeah. point. But And summer horror never performs. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of horror movies, like not, I shouldn't say a lot, but there have been a couple of horror movies that have opened this year that this summer that have sort of like held on, like talk to me is still in theaters mm, That's right. and uh, Cobweb did okay. I don't, I don't think it played theatrically for too long, but it's doing fine on VOD. So I keep seeing shots, I keep seeing scenes of it on TikTok and I'm it's- like. I really want to see this because it look the elementally it looks interesting. It's like, pretty creepy. Like it has some yeah. like legitimately creepy fucking moments. Like yeah. it's pretty good. Is Lily but, is Liz, Lizzie Kaplan in it? 
Yeah, she's really okay. great. And okay. and the guy that plays uh that's in the boys that plays um Homelander. Homelander. Star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Star. he's adequately creepy. It's it's pretty decent. Like it's not new, but it's 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 decently creepy. I, I thought it was pretty good. Sorry, Bill, I cut it to you. That's it for me, man. Sorry. Melissa, <laughs> do you have any other stuff that you've seen? I know you said your list wasn't too long, but well, yeah, everything I've seen now has been like is uh, is older. Like I did catch up with Barbie since last time we met, and I and I I did love it. Um, and uh, so I, we don't need to revisit it because we spoke about it a lot last last episode. Um, I also went to see the director's cut of RoboCop um, at VIF Theater last week, which was super fun because I've never seen it on the big screen. And so, uh, so yeah, it is. It's crazy, and it's crazy to me that I think I was 10 when I saw that movie. And what? there's no way, there is like no, oh, my dad, my dad loved like really violent movies and had zero qualms about my brother and I watching them with him. I don't, I don't really, I don't know. But yeah, I was like thinking about how there's no way that my nine year old nephew would be allowed to watch something that violent. Because it is super violent. Like I was watching the the movies that make us or the movies that yeah. made us on Netflix. There's like an episode on the making of Robocop. And so first of all, I didn't realize that Peter Weller was such a douche. Yeah, you could say it. It's true. <laughs> wasn't, yeah, was not a, this was not a great filming experience for anyone between him and Fairhaven. Um, but also, uh, yeah, like they were talking about it's so fun. It's so funny to me, like thinking about the villain of that film being like the dad from that seventies show. Yeah. You really, when he talks about putting his foot up your ass, he's not kidding around, no. you know, um, the gum scene is what <laughs> I, I, I always think of the gum scene, him putting the gum on her nameplate oh, on the secretary's nameplate. It's the, the death, like his, the, the death scene like murphy's actual death scene so he was talking about that in the in the episode and saying like that everybody on set was like really down because this it was really intense and like rob like is it rob botten or botin botin i don't know how to pronounce it yeah thanks yeah so um like i i love the man he's a genius uh the thing is still like one of my favorite practical effects movies of all time total recall amazing um and he did the practical effects for robocop as well and uh so yeah i guess like they created like a lifelike peter weller dummy just to shoot him through the head so that the back of his head would blow out on camera um and he said like it was just the most grim day on set because it was so violent and so gory and people were really shaken up by it making the film and then like you watch it in a theater full of people and everyone's like yeah <laughs> um yeah it's uh I, I don't know i was like are we desensitized to violence uh <laughs> well i think part of that i think what part of what plays into that is the fact that the people that you saw it with probably were very few people in the audience that had never seen it before. So you saw it with fans, right? Yeah. I think it plays differently when you see it the first time. Cause I know when my sister saw that the first time, not that many years ago, cause we watched it together and it was the, it was not that reaction. She was just like, Holy shit, what just happened? And I'm like, that's the reaction most people will give you if they've never seen it before. But like, it's, this is so weird. So that came out in 87. So like I said, like I was 10 when I watched it. And 
I remember, like, I loved that movie. I, w- I bought the book. I read the book afterwards. And then there were, like, Robocop toys and a Robocop cartoon. And, like, all like all this stuff. None of this was appropriate for children. Like, I don't really know how they got away with all this shit in 1987. But, um, yeah, just re-watching it, it was, like, it was, it was really something. But, I like, I love how Verhaven mixes social commentary in with this, like, incredibly, like, pop pulpy um style of filmmaking like this and starship troopers for me are like just the pinnacle of that um because it is like there is a lot of commentary in this film and it is it's a great satire um and it's hilarious to me how many people take it on face value and not as a satire which seems really bizarre to me but there you go buy Um, that for a dollar (laughs) yeah I just wanted to say that there's also a live action TV show that came out in the 90s called Robocop Prime Di- Prime Directive. Oh, uh, yeah. And then Sarah reminded me of the sequel, which I had totally like put out of my head. Like there's two really- sequels and a oh. remake. Yeah. Oh. yeah. The remake is so not good. Oh. Ho- a ho- a Jose-, a Jose Padilla, I think, made yeah, that one. Yeah, Joel yeah, Kinnaman. No. And I love Joel Kinnaman. So do I. Oh, which is why boy. I went to see it, but that movie is so not good. No, so not good. Mind you, which of the Verhoeven remakes have been good? None of them. None. Yeah. None. So magic in a bottle. Only, only when he remakes himself are they okay? <laughs> yeah, can't wait to see his remake of L. Oh my god, <laughs> that movie was rough. That movie was a rough watch for me. <laughs> uh, the mean, Playhouse. That's good, where I saw it. Was, it. Oh, this, it was that was rough. That was rough. Um. <laughs> Yeah, and then okay, and then finally, I ca- I caught up with the Matrix Resurrections finally as well. Hey! I, I never got around to seeing. I think because I was like so disappointed with the third movie in the trilogy, like I was just like, oh no, I can't, I can't do it. And you then, know not what you speak of. And then I watched it because like because Marina was like, oh yeah, Resurrections is on Netflix, and oh like I'm so looking forward to catching up with that film again. And I was like, oh, I've never seen it. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh my god, I'm so glad I watched this because it's so like meta and clever. And Lana Wachowski was a genius. And I loved seeing like some of the cast members from Sensate because that show was brilliant and never should have got canceled. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just like, it was a nice way to kind of bring that movie around full circle and like comment on the previous trilogy and like build on it and give Trinity her due. And like, yeah, right. all of it was just, yeah. That, I was That movie is working on like so many levels and the yeah. fact that it just, it works so well. And she just doesn't give a fuck. It's like, you wanted a sequel. Here it is. I'm making the movie that I want to make. Take it for what it is. And, you know, the fans that are into it really got into it. And I could see it's awesome. Yeah, it's it is. Really it's, awesome. Really, it's really clever. And I was like worried too. Like, oh man, do I have to rewatch the trilogy before I watch this? You totally do not have to. No. Um, and I also love that there were like, the, the villains are played by like, you know, two of the biggest gay icons <laughs> in, in current pop culture um i was like a little bit worried about like agent smith not being played by elrond um and then <laughs> i don't know what happened to hugo weaving he's like under a rock somewhere i don't know i don't know he doesn't don't like know. blockbuster film he he wants to steer steal like after uh civil war he, or no um captain america um, i'm okay with that i miss him but i'm first okay avenger he was really over all that stuff. Well, I mean, he, the guy's been in a lot of franchise films, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's he's, he's iconic. He is super yeah. iconic. 
But I actually, I love Jonathan Groff as Agent mm-hmm. Smith. I thought, he was, I thought so- he was really good. Yeah, me too. And yeah, I liked the, I liked the change dynamic between the two of them too. I thought, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, it was just super clever. So yeah, I was glad that, I was glad I gave it a chance. Also yeah, streaming on Netflix. Uh, Yaya and uh, Jessica Henwick all day. All day. Yeah. All day. I-, I love that movie. I will tell everybody watch that movie. It's so yeah. good. So yeah, but Warner probably watched that film and went, uh, what? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. Guaranteed they did. They were probably yeah. pissed. Oh, I yeah, want, I want this, sure. movie, this movie was supposed to make us at least $500 million. What the fuck is what, this? What is this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is exactly yeah. what happened. That is exactly what happened. And there's that, you know, power. And there's that quick Chad Stahelski cameo. Nice. Yeah, cool. as Trinity's husband oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. i did find that unfortunate that she like the, that the husband's name was chad i was like oh okay like there's too much there's too much like the, the right-wing weirdos have really taken on this whole matrix iconology and like d- don't name the husband chad <laughs> just don't <laughs> don't, do don't it. go there don't go there <laughs> um i caught up with some stuff as well um i uh, some of it actually, I think, I don't know. I think we've talked about some of this already, so we'll, we'll go over it pretty quickly, but I just wanted to mention, so War Pony, uh, the uh, Riley Keough, Gina Gamet movie is fucking amazing. Oh, awesome. It is so good. So, so good. And the lead performances from Jojo uh, Batiste Wedding and Ladanian Crazy Thunder just genius like this movie is so good i mean i don't watch reservoir dogs but i expect from what i have seen of uh the trailers and the first episode it's pretty much in line with that it's so so well done riley keogh for all the things riley keogh con film festival award winner for that film oh Oh, really yeah best first feature that year good for her deserving it's it's so good i mean it's a really Oh, I don't. Oh, remember different Sean him. Baker. Okay, did I miss okay. him? What? What? I mean, it's um, a common name, so I get it. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's really, really good. It's really well shot. It it tackles some really important themes, and it's just a solid, solid movie. Like I was super impressed. Highly, highly, highly recommended if you have a chance to see it. Um. I also saw To Catch a Killer, which is one of the newly released movies on Netflix. I think it came out last week. Um, I really like Shailene Woodley. She's had some like really great roles over the course of her career and then some really, really terrible movies. And for a while there, I wasn't quite sure what she was doing. Clearly trying to kill her career. Like, I honestly don't know. I mean, because she's very talented, but she had a string of really shitty movies. This is not great but it's pretty good and her performance is actually like the thing that got me was one she's in it but really it was ben mendelson that sold me because i'm like it's fucking ben mendelson i'll watch anything with ben in it and they're both really really great so it's it's your typical like serial kind of serial killer movie um it, it it it's doing some interesting things it looks very like Norwegian, I guess. Is that even a thing to say? Well, like, it's really know, zoomy. It's yeah, just zoomy well, all over the place. Yeah, and not just that, though, but it has like this very sort of like dark and everything is kind of gray feel to it. It's just like an overwhelmingly sort of depressing 
visual palette and it it works for the themes. I I actually thought it was pretty decent. It's not like I mean it's not the best movie of this genre, but the performances are great and it's it isn't doing some interesting things. So I mean I think it's worth a watch at the very least. It's not like you have to go very far to watch it. It's on Netflix. So I it's say- so it's it's not Zodiac. No, no, is, not is anything, by a long stretch. Yeah, is not is it, no. And Ben Mendelsohn goes from eleven to ten thousand so many times in that movie. He's all of a yeah. sudden he's just screaming, and you're like, yeah. "The fuck?" Yeah, um, there's that too. But yeah, it does give you hope for for Shailene Woodley, and your career might improve once you dump Aaron Rodgers. That just ha- happens, you know. That's right. Fucking I forgot about bag. that. Invermessant douchebag. That's uh, what happens. Yeah, I guess that is what happened to her career. Oh my god! Totally Toxic not. Men. Totally not a Green Bay Packer fan. Totally not a Green Bay Packer fan. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. Are you a Jets fan? No, exactly. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You guys are talking football. That's all. Exactly. I know. That's about. I, I. I can hold. I can hold a conversation, but I. I would get exposed pretty. Pretty soon after. Um, I think uh, Bill might have mentioned this last show, but Hypnotic, the new Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> Why? Guys. Okay, <laughs> Wasn't I, my recommendation good enough? <laughs> but I still wanted to see it. I, what I didn't know was that this was a sci-fi movie. Like, I had no idea. You guys didn't tell me that. That's some pretty, it's some pretty weak shit, Christopher Nolan. I, I wouldn't even put it in. Like, uh, I wouldn't mention no. Nolan's name near it. I mean, it's pretty terrible. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so not, just listen to listen to Steve. It's not good. Just skip it. Shorts is a better Robert Rodriguez movie. No. no <laughs> I couldn't hold true to that one. Right. I really wanted to enjoy it. I really did. I liked some of the ideas, but it just does not deliver. And I feel bad for William Fitchner. Like, what the fuck, man? Really, buddy? You're the bad guy, and this is, this is your bad guy? Oh, it's so not good. And it's so messy. Like, halfway through, Dan's like, what? what's going on? I'm like, I don't know at this point. Your and, guess is as good as mine. And it was totally shot when Affleck was looking a little punchy. No. I'm okay with that. I have no issues with that. Yeah. That man, I didn't realize that that man is basically a brick giant. Yeah, he's huge. He's huge. I, there was yeah. there was picture like apparently his car broke down during the heat wave and there's like people taking pictures and I'm like holy crap how big is Ben Affleck? Like he Okay, then his bat his Batman's fine then, I guess. He's huge. Mhm. Mm-hmm. He's probably the biggest guy to play Batman. He has to be. He probably is actually yeah. now that you mention it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I've had like I had hoped that it was better than you guys said, but it's not. It really is a <laughs> disappointing mess. I, I just don't even know. But okay, I, I this is so this is the movie that might have a scene that is in line with the closing scene of uh with that um the cafe scene in Passages. And that's the opening scene of Past Lives, which is fucking amazing. Like that movie is just fucking amazing. But that opening scene, I was like, this might be the best scene I've seen in a movie in maybe years. Like I can't actually pinpoint another time where I was like, holy crap, that scene. It's just like on another level. And this movie is so good. So So the, so the final scene is like one B. 
I don't even know. I'm in the dark on this one, so. It might be 1B. I, I, that opening scene is, for me, the scene that did it. Like, the whole thing, the the couple talking, like, the commentary, and then she, like, looks back and forth, and then she looks at the camera, and then that's where you get, that was, like, like that right there. That's the scene right there. It's just, oh, that movie is so good. So good. The performances are amazing. I cannot believe this is Celine Siong's debut film. Like it just makes no sense. Like where has this film been? Like it, the, and it's not just like the relationship story in and of itself is like fucking heartbreaking and so real. Like if I want realness and heartbreak, this is the movie I'll watch because this, I actually got something out of. Um, but Greta Lee is just spectacular. And Yuteo is just so sweet, and the the entire thing just worked for me. He's I don't four, even. He's forty years old. Sure, sure. I don't know, man. This entire thing just worked for me. I love this movie so much, so so much, and I, it has like this nostalgia factor too. The whole thing, like they 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 have a part of their relationship is online over. Uh, who remembers Skype? Like at this point, does anybody <laughs> even remember Skype anymore? It just, it has like these like little moments that feel so like innocuous, but place the movie in this little time space where I can totally relate to it. I just thought it was so well done and the performances are wonderful, but that opening scene and then that closing scene, it just feels like a real relationship movie in not this like grandiose, uh, like, way it's all of the moments are so small and the performances are so small but it's just so effective i yeah 10 out of 10 out of 10 out of 10 easily one of my favorite movies of the year it's so good that opening scene alone it's a seller is a seller now finally available on vod are you talking to me now bill do i pass the mustard <laughs> i was talking to steve <laughs> Yeah, I think, the only, I think I'm the only one that hasn't seen it at, at this point, right? No, I haven't seen it yet either. You haven't seen it yet? Okay. Solidarity. I'm going to about it next episode. Yeah, why not? I, I, I am okay like, with this. I felt like when Marina said Skype, the Zoom was going to be like, and end. Just closes it all <laughs> down. down. You're talking That's about the trigger what? word. That's right. That's right. And uh, like, I didn't plan this. It just happened to be this way. So um, John Magaro plays the husband in past lives. And I watched another film that he's in where he's a main character. It's called the mistress and it's Greg Pritikin, I think is the director's name. I think it's his directorial debut. He's written a bunch of stuff. So it's ostensibly it's a haunted house movie. Maybe like, I don't know. It's almost two hours long. I say, I don't know, but I just don't want to give too much of it away because it is, it has some interesting things going for it. But essentially John McGarrow plays this writer. He and his wife buy a house in LA. They move in. The house might be haunted. Shit starts to go wrong. A neighbor goes missing. Uh, drama unfolds. The thing that struck me most about this movie is it, it's not, it's not badly shot. It's just not particularly interestingly shot. But there are a couple of scenes where you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And the music is crazy. It's like wall-to-wall cinematic sound, like hammer style. Like the music is so bombastic 
you feel like you're watching a totally different movie. I'm like, holy shit, this is the music from like a like a high-end old school horror movie. And the movie is not that. So it's very strange. Like I was the entire time I'm like, what's going on? This is music weird. by Goblin. Yeah. It, it totally feels like that. The music is so good and so like it, it kind of it, it it matches the themes of the movie, but it doesn't actually match the images. It's very strange. It's a very weird watch. John is good, but the movie is just kind of like meh. It's very very forgettable and very very long. It wears out its wears out its welcome at like the seventy minute mark, and it's almost two hours long. Does not need to be that long, but. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'd say skip it. But then there were moments where I was like, well, but, you know, there was that one scene that was okay. So it's not great. I'm just telling you, warning you now. If you're looking for like a really great horror movie, this one is not it. But the soundtrack is pretty spectacular. Cool. Do you guys have anything else? No, that's that's, that's it all I had this week. Anybody want to pick a film for next one? Well, what's well, this coming? This is Bob? tough. This is tough because it also depends on when we're going to record. Um, because from what I'm seeing, there's nothing like interesting to really talk about. Um, I got a second. The last week, second to last week of September is Dumb Money, which I think is going to be interesting, uh, especially just the story that it's telling. Um, and then the week after is the creator. That's the stop, only ones that I have. Stop stealing my thunder, bro. I got oh. some films. I got okay. some films. Okay. 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 This you is ready? this is Steel Steel Bill's Thunder episode. That's gonna <laughs> yeah. be the title of the episode. He's pissed. He's I'm a, lo- he, I'm, a, I'm a lovable guy. Uh, he loves us. He loves us. <laughs> so on August 25th, Bottoms finally opens. I cannot wait to see this film. Everybody says it's sort of like the female fight club. Bring it. It's never I'm, Steve Steve's never gonna I mean see eventually. It. Yeah. I mean eventually, maybe next year I'll get to see it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it looks it looks great. Can't wait to see that. It, it's limited on that date, then opens wider in September. Hopefully VOD second or third week of September, so Steve can see it. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, Grand Turismo opens on the 25th. I already talked about it. It's decent. Uh, <laughs> Retribution. One of those three Liam Neeson movies Steve was Ugh. talking about. Uh, that's that's definitely one we should probably uh, think about doing. Uh, September 1st, Equalizer 3. Blech. I see Melissa giving the thumbs up for that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You see wrong, Bill. You see wrong. The second movie made Pedro a bad guy. Fuck that. September 8th. Fuck. Uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. (laughs) Nun 2. And the Nun (laughs) 2. Who Bonnie Aaron is suing Warner Brothers right now just as that movie's coming out. So that is... You know, without the strike and everything, nobody can pro- promote anything. So Bonnie Aaron's really going above and beyond to promote this movie <laughs> while suing the people that made it. So we're we're totally doing my big fat Greek wedding three. After two, see, this is another equalizer situation. Because like two on both 
these ones were terrible. Yeah. We, they earned a third one? Like, really? Is what's her name even back for the third one? Oh, yeah, yeah. he is in it. And oh. his daughter, I think, is in it this time. I just don't it's, care. I just and, don't it's, care. and it's got all the, the tragic jokes you think it would. Like, they're on a plane, and the guy grabs the mic and goes, Tzatziki, who wanted Tzatziki? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Greek. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. No, uh, Bottoms. If Steve can see it, I freaking hope so. Because it's got, it, it, not only does it have AO Debris, it's also got Rachel Sinat and Marshawn Lynch in like the, what looks like the most insane role. Like, and it's, insane. And it's, and it's Emma Siegelman who did uh, Shiva Baby, which is an underrated I classic if there ever was movie. one. I yeah, pushed Shiva that Baby movie is on the great. internet. Yeah, I pushed that movie on the internet for so long. People watch this movie. It is so good. So highly, damn good. Highly, highly and recommended. I really love Rachel in uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Oh, I love some, some of her lines are just fucking insane. Yeah, pretty crazy. I, I think after hearing Melissa's love of the idol, I think she loves her on that show. <laughs> <laughs> she was really underused on the idol. Yeah. I mean, she should be grateful for that, I guess, because. Yeah, it's not going to tarnish her that much. Yeah, Lily Depp's uh, nipples were very overused in that show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's going to need a break from the screen for a while, I think. Those are really our choices. I'm not joking. That is it. There's nothing coming on streaming. Oh, for fuck's sake. Well, the I'm sure I'm I'm sure you're so not invited to my bar mitzvah. We can do that movie. It's actually got good reviews right now. It's all the Sandlers in one movie. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, Adam's not the lead. It's Sonny Sandler is the lead of this film. Oh, all right. And, and her parents are Adam Sandler and Adina Menzel. And Jackie Sandler plays the mother of the other character in this one. I guess bottoms it is. <laughs> and and introducing Benny Safdie as Guido. But because I just had to mention Benny Safdie because he is our mascot for the show. Mm, so I decided yes. to say that. Yes. Well, okay, I guess. <laughs> I I don't I don't I just don't know. I I really can't get excited about any of this. Like I'm excited about dumb money and the creator, but they're just so long into September that I think the creator is gonna be really fucking cool. Yeah, I think that's gonna surprise a lot of people. I think so too. Yeah. And it's this it's it's um Greg um the same same cinematographer as Rogue One too, right? It's Greg Greg Fraser. Greg Fraser, right? Yeah. Because it looks like a Greg Fraser movie. Yeah. And John David Washington, everybody. Yeah, the title of that movie oh, is just damn. yeah, the the title of that movie though is just so unfortunate. There is no way I'm ever gonna remember the title. Every time anybody says I'm like, what is that again? Like and then you say Washington, I'm like, oh, okay. I, for whatever reason, I hear that name, that title, and I'm like, what movie is that? I have just, it does not stick. Does not stick. I don't know why. Refuses to go in. They also made the world premiere at Fantastic Fest, which is either really incredibly stupid or incredibly smart if it's a good film because yeah. it's going to get praised, but mm-hmm. holy shit, mm-hmm. it's going to get mm-hmm. destroyed if it's not. Yeah. 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 They're taking a lot yeah. of chances with that one for sure. Yeah. I, he hasn't. I don't know. I haven't disliked any of his films yet. 
Uh, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of his Godzilla. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I enjoyed it. Do you remember when Monsters played Viff? No, I didn't see it there. So I no, but I remember. Death. I remember the buzz around Monsters, and then when I saw it, I was like, uh, "Sorry, what's the deal with this movie again?" I, I couldn't. I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong. Just could not really understand the praise for it because I didn't think it was like sh- earth shattering. But that thing, that, that thing played like gangbusters. Mm-hmm. Scoot, so go <laughs> damn good in it. Yeah. Ah, uh, Scoot. Good Scoot McNary. Yeah, y'all always have halt and catch fire buddy yeah yeah or or his just horrible horrible scenes in batman v superman just horrible oh. scenes horrible yeah if, fuck it i'm making an executive decision we're watching equalizer three there we go oh god almighty <sighs> <laughs> well I, I think we'll figure it out and we'll come back we'll surprise you guys with the next one as to what exactly we're going to be watching, but it looks like it might be bottoms. This isn't going to get easier, friends. There's a fucking I, strike going on. Yeah, it's, it's going to get tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, is, it is going to be difficult. Like, Viff's going to rule, but after that, it's going to be like... Our Viff episode and... is going to be killer. Oh, yeah. Well, there's going to be more than one, let's be honest. Um, But, uh, guys, where can folks find you if they want to at you? Steve, you go last. Bill? Uh, I am Bill Harris. I am on Twitter. Oh, oh no! Not X. Uh, at SamJam69. Also, my handle on uh, Letterboxd. I have another podcast, Green Screen of Death. Hopefully, we're recording this weekend if Adrian gets his ass up. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, just want to let everybody know my Hackers 4K is coming tomorrow in the mail. Got the uh, got the <laughs> the package details today. I can't wait. Hack the planet. That's our, that's our outro. Yes. Hack the planet. <laughs> that could be our outro. It, it should be. Should be. Good Melissa, one. Melissa, where can folks find you? Uh, well, I'm still on the stupid Twitter X thing for now as uh, at Melzy tweets. And you can find me on Letterboxd uh, as uh, at Melzy. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, and we'll link to all of these in the show notes as well at atcpod.ca. You can find me mostly on Instagram at the Marina Two and Mr. Steve. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Elon Musk's uh, vanity project at the Steve Dead. I'm also on Instagram and Threads and Letterboxed under the Steve Dead as well. Uh, you can find my website, stevestebbing.ca. Uh, I'm also on The Shift with Shane Hewitt every Thursday nights at 11 p.m. Pacific. Uh, any chorus entertainment radio uh, station would carry that one. So check your local listings on that. And I'm also on Tremble, the horror podcast. The most recent episodes we did, we did, uh, uh, which is actually kind of funny, given something Bill said earlier in this episode. We did a Dario Argento back to back. Uh, and we did uh, Tenebrae and Deep Red as nice. our movies. And mm-hmm. uh, some of it aged well. Some of it did not. Um, Suspiria for life. Oh, absolutely. Suspiria is my number one. Um, but there's stuff in Tenebrae that I really kind of like it. But it's the reveals are just fucking stupid. <laughs> um, and but Deep Red, I didn't remember that movie dragging as much as it does in parts mm-hmm. and the goblin score is fucking jarring 
It's like, yes. what is going on here? But that puppet scene still fucking rules. Like, what? What is? We're just throwing everything at the wall, seeing what sticks, right? It's 1975. Let's do whatever the hell we want. But anyway, I get deep into that stuff with my uh, co-host, Kurt. So uh, check that one out. And uh, yeah, I think I'll shut up now because I'm done. So uh, again, atcpa.ca for all the show notes, timestamps, all the good stuff. Until the next one. Hack the planet. Hack the planet. Bye. Bye.